This is for the nerds, this is for the brainiacs, this is what we deserve. Go ahead and play it back, know that I know. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Software Vlogcast. This is episode number 34, and we have an exclusive for you today. We have the champion herself, Vanessa Kay, joining us a little bit later in the show to discuss her $1.5 million win on PokerStars yesterday. Joined as always, or mostly as always, uh, my Dominican friend, Christian Soto, hanging out in what can only be described as the basement of an athletic dwelling where they store all of the extra equipment. You know the drill, man. You know the drill. That's turf behind you, right? It is uh, artificial turf. Yeah. You know, this is where we uh, lift the tires and all that. You, mm -hmm. you know you know how it is. Yeah, a little sledgehammer. Man, I am, I am so excited about this episode. It is... I, it was it was crazy. Like it, you know, I was watching everything yesterday, and it was just like it was an and it was an incredible moment. Um, but how you been, man? I saw I saw a little bit of a trip to to the mountains. Yeah, damn, I messed up. I had videos of uh, my Bambi legs out there trying to snowboard as best I possibly could. Um, it was good. It'll probably be the last one I make for the season. Uh, so I got to snowboard a total of four days this winter. And over those four days, I went from not being able to get down the mountain to being able to carve back and forth, like uh, somebody who has some semblance of an idea of what they're doing. How long until like you're like jumping off, you know, and like holding, like doing little? No, I'm too old. However, Dan can do that stuff. Uh, I I knew he was a competent snowboarder. I didn't realize he was as good as he is. Um, so it was uh, honestly, he sped up my learning curve a ton by like getting to hang out for three days in Tahoe and seeing somebody who can navigate black diamonds pretty well, <laughs> teach me how to get down the bunny hill. Oh my God. Like that was, where, where was that? That was in, that was Tahoe? Like, yes. where, do you plan to go anywhere else to do some, some boarding and stuff? I, I think it's too late. Uh, it's starting to get warm everywhere. I mean, there are places that you could go like up until April, but even in Tahoe where it usually gets pounded, a lot of the snow was like starting to get slushy. It was a little icy. It wasn't like super great conditions and I'm just not good enough to to really navigate less than optimal conditions. We're going to see each other soon. Allegedly. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to Florida. Allegedly. I you haven't played a to tournament Florida. in three years. Four. I can play some tournaments online too, you know. Yeah, but you don't. I haven't played a live tournament. You haven't played any online ones either. I'm a cash game pro. I'm just trying to bink one, you know? I'm inspired, you know? Vanessa's out there. Like, she's she's winning 1.5. I'm inspired. I'm like, oh, my God. Like This tournament series is going to be big. Or the Florida series. I think it's going to be massive. Yeah, I think it'll be close to a million to first for the 3,500. And there's a, there's a 25K and a 50K also that are, you know, as far as high rollers go, relatively soft. You're in there? Definitely playing the 25. Well, I shouldn't say anything's definite because there may be a quick trip to Mexico in the works prior. Oh, um, oh you're in there. I, I, I can't really talk about it, but it's it's an above the felt type thing, you know, real exclusive shit. Oh, yeah, the above the felt. You know, I feel a little bit shady about that. Like, like mm -hmm. me and Tom, we yeah. go back in the day. Like, he used to talk to me back in Borgata. He was like, mm -hmm. yo, I'm selling these cards. You know, like, I know you know people. You know, let them know. Let them know. And then all of a sudden, when the contracts are up, my man, he's quiet as a beak. He went with my other man, uh, Darren. Yeah, yeah. Not that I don't have anything against Darren. Because he fucking like, crushes. Yeah, Darren does crush. I don't, I don't, no shade. No shade to Darren. Mm -hmm. No shade. I'm just saying, Tom. You gotta give me the why? Is it because I'm Dominican? No, you no, don't no. want to give me a call. 
No, I, th- I think you need to, uh, you need to be, you need to be out there, man. Your face needs to be all over the place. You know, we haven't seen That's you. That's his job. His job is to make my face all over the place. <laughs> we haven't seen I you have on site in a while, you know? Him. I have to do his job and then pay him to do that. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay. yeah, Tom, you know, you, you got to give him a little good, something to work you know, with. Uh, Tom, you're running a good business, man. You're running a really good business. <laughs> Oh, you get out there, do all the work, and then I'll sign you, and yeah. then, you know, it's all good. No, no, I, I think he's doing great work. I'm really excited for that project, so I'm really excited. Above the Fell, I think, is, you know, it's cool. Like, you know, it's nice to see that there is a, a second game in town, right? It's been the same game for a long time as it pertains to, like, agents and poker, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a but, difficult you know, landscape to navigate, to be honest, but we'll see. But, Tom, you know, since, you know, since you now on my bad side, I don't know, maybe uh, you, if you would have been on my good side, look, I could have talked about Above the Fell with Vanessa on this podcast, but now, you know, now we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I'll see we'll how see. I feel when Vanessa comes on. Mm-hmm. All right, so I saw a little bit of uh, some some video work, you know, in the stash of uh, something called On Second Thought. That's right. We uh, bringing it back. With little a little different. bit of a spin. Yeah. A little, a little bit of a spin this time around. Is yeah. Right? I'm pretty pumped about this, actually. So I obviously enjoyed doing the podcast style that you and I did in the past. But I think, like, particularly when Chris and I did it, where we added the layer of the solver analysis to it, it seemed to just resonate more with people, right? Like, you and I just giving our off-the-cuff thoughts doesn't really demonstrate anything. Because people just So have on to- second thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On second thought, for the people that are not like necessarily familiar with that, uh, with that concept, is uh, um, we have a poker out loud, which is you know fairly popular. We put on the headphones, talk about the hands, but then after that, we do a dissection of the situations that the people were talking about. And this edition is going to be a little different. So go ahead, Berg. Yeah. So in the past, it was just Christian and I kind of analyzing the spots ourselves and giving our uh, feedback, but. That's not really worth that much because now effectively we're just doing the same thing that the player was doing in game, except we have the uh, the luxury of hindsight. So instead, what uh, I decided would be a better approach is to create more of a scripted um, series, if you will, where we're taking all the solver analysis and we are merging it with the Poker Out Loud footage. So uh, for anybody who watched uh, 2020 Hindsight, on PokerGo that I did where we kind of went back over the WSOP uh, final tables and like I just gave my thoughts. It's it's gonna be a similar template to that. It's gonna be a similar style. Um, now obviously it's a very different show because I'm not just giving my thoughts any longer. I'm actually analyzing uh, solver outputs and I'm examining it from both the, the strategy, counter strategy, vantage point. Honestly, the biggest value that I personally see of it is it, it taps into multiple learning styles. Right, so if you're a kinesthetic learner, you're actually getting to see the hand play out, and it's more hands-on. If you're a visual learner, you're actually getting graphs and charts thrown at you, and you kind of get to uh, digest everything in a very visual capacity. Right? If you are more of an audio learner, well, I'm narrating the whole time. Each player is narrating their thoughts the whole time, so that that makes things really easy. But the best part of it all is we don't have to speculate about the parameters. Both players are speaking their strategies out loud. So, like, I mean, how much is the website again? I mean, 50 that's bucks. way too cheap. Come on. We got to justify this price hike, baby. I'm getting a lot of emails. I don't think it's fair. You're raising the price 5x of what it used to be. That's unheard of. And I'm like, hey, 
We actually lowered it 12X from where it used to be. So really, you're still getting a discount, but I know you didn't know about us then, so I understand why you're upset. Uh, I just promise you we'll be doing some free stuff too. I don't know what to say, man. I don't know what to say. I think we're giving value, you know? I have a lot of questions of when is the next Poker Out Loud? I get bombarded with this question yeah. every day. Yeah, yeah. When is the next Poker Out Loud? What's the lineup? <laughs> like, oh. I'm like, lineup? We just started releasing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next episode will be April 5th. So uh, the first Monday in April. And it will be weekly thereafter um, with the fourth week being on second thought um, every month. So it'll basically be three episodes of Poker Out Loud, one episode of On Second Thought continue that cycle through i believe we'll be filming the next poker out loud in six to eight weeks depend uh it might be actually 10 weeks i'm not sure exactly how much runway we have um but it'll probably be somewhere in may uh would be my guess and you know we have Lock to start me up seat five yeah we have a couple of special okay. guests already lined up um you know we'll you guys will get to know them a little bit better over the course of the next four to six weeks um but yeah, I, there, there are a lot of ideas I want to come up. Uh, I want to try to see come to fruition. Like I would love to do a, you know, a coaches edition, get the head of every site and uh, let's, let's just get in there and throw it out. You've been trying to go after Doug Polk for a little while. Man. He's not going to play. I don't give a shit about upswing. They're, they're too big. He's okay. not going to play anyway. Um, and honestly, like I don't want to do him any favors any more than he wants to do me any favors. So like, whatever, Fair who enough. gives a shit. Fair all right, so let's set this up. Let's set let's set the groundwork before we before we bring on Vanessa. So for those of you that haven't necessarily followed the story, we'll give a little bit of the back, uh, of the groundwork. So first, let's talk about the Bilzerian uh, fiasco, right? So Bilzerian uh, calls her a hoe, says "shut up, hoe. Nobody knows you." Uh, after she basically like says like, you know, why are they signing him? It's not necessarily a good thing. She's disappointed. Uh, says quiet ho nobody knows you this tweet now will live on in infamy forever it's life is quite serendipitous I'm, sometimes isn't it 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 really is it, it, and you know shout out to uh melissa burr who's like going to permanently have a little bit of uh <laughs> she's of a just tagged <laughs> she's just tagged in there forever you know yeah. so that happens like you have the one of the biggest names in Poker celebrity uh, influencer calls you out in a very negative way. Mm -hmm. The community kind of doesn't take kindly to him, but like doesn't necessarily like go super to bat, you know, for for Vanessa. Um, after that, we don't necessarily hear anything from GG directly concerning Dan Bilzerian until she gets she, as in Vanessa, gets fired from GG. Mm -hmm. And this is when they finally make some sort of contact with Vanessa and they send her uh, a message effectively just firing her saying like you've broken terms of terms and conditions of our contract and you've saw that you must have saw this coming and effectively just removed her from the affiliate deal. We spoke about this uh, a couple weeks back where, uh, the, a, a lot of the argument was like, oh, well, she was not speaking well of Gigi, so Gigi could remove that money. And effectively, what we were saying is the, a lot of the critique from for Vanessa was like, oh, why didn't you just walk away from the money? And I think you and I both agreed that it, it was just like pretty ludicrous to just line the pockets of Gigi with extra money for work that she had already done. 
Yeah, I'd like to ask her a little bit of her vantage point on that. But um, yeah, my take was essentially that uh, I think the only due diligence that she needed to really follow through on is if possible. So in other words, if she has an affiliate list, uh, she should at least reach out to them and say, hey, uh, I don't agree with this company's stance any longer. I'm going to be parting ways with them. Uh, I strongly suggest you consider doing the same, whether they do or not. Um, and yeah, it is a little bit cutting your nose off to spite your face because you're, you're, uh, kind of severing a revenue source, but you're also hitting them where it hurts. If you know, people are going to show their allegiance to you. So if she has that type of influence over the people that signed up as affiliates, uh, you know, she can potentially at least take that money away from the company. Yeah. After that, there was a little bit of just silence. She gets signed by, by ACR. Uh, they announced that signing that was actually in the works before the mm. entire, uh, squabble. Sure. Uh, and honestly, it probably helped some... it probably like all the attention probably helped get that deal done. Well, the deal was the deal from what I've, what I've heard was already in the, like it was, it was, it was in the works. It was pretty much locked up. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and, and then, and then it was, you know, maybe we'll hear from Vanessa and she'll tell us, mm-hmm. uh, Okay. So one little thing I want to get in context of like, you know, so the Sunday millions is the 15th anniversary, 1.5 million for first. It's the biggest one ever. Right before that, we get some interesting news, right? From, um, you know, for American poker, which was the wire act. And this was actually going to be like the main story of this podcast uh, coming into this week. You know, things change, but, uh, Talk to me about this. Like, you know, you hit me up with this and you were like, hey, like this is this is like a huge deal. And it was crazy because a lot of people didn't even know about this. Like when I started like sharing this this link out to people, they were like, oh, wow, I didn't even know this was going on. So talk to me a little bit about this. Like when you saw this. Um, Yeah. So uh, to be fair, I I didn't really read the article too closely. And I guess that they've retracted some of uh, the information that that was being uh, reported. But essentially, the way I understood it was that the Wire Act did not hold up at the highest courts. Therefore, now it was at the state level where each individual state was free to do as they chose regarding any sort of online gaming. So in other words, um, you know, coast to coast, uh, each state can set their own individual laws, as most already have been doing to some regard. The reason why the Wire Act is so important is because it's elimination thereof will help facilitate uh, intrastate gambling. In other words, Mm -hmm. getting the entire United States on the same uh, liquidity pool, right? Now, again, that still has to opt in at the state level. Like if California just says, fuck you, we hold 40% of the nation's revenue, we're not getting in any liquidity pool with you guys, then they're going to be free to do that. But the whole point is, is that like, with with the wire ta- uh, sorry with the wire act removed a lot of the red tape goes away and now suddenly banks can facilitate funding um you know we we can get back to days of yore if you will when when uh, online poker was the wild wild west so one of the big holdups that the wire act was presenting was the inability to fund sites right mm-hmm. uh with, with the elimination of that i think we'll see like dfs start to go coast to coast we'll start to see uh online poker resurge and uh, I'm not entirely positive of sportsbooks laws. I don't know if it's, um, I don't know if you actually need gaming or not, because I know for sure that um, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Nevada, you uh, you can bet, but I'm not positive anywhere else. Maybe Michigan as well. Uh, in any event, 
it's it's a ball or it's a step in the right direction, right? The ball is rolling. Um, whether or not now I hear there's a retraction, so perhaps it's not uh, actually held up at the highest courts yet. Uh, it sounds like it still has another step of the process to go through. Um, but seemingly it's a favorable uh, administration to eliminating this nonsense that you know got signed in the 11th hour way back in 2006. Jersey's lit, bro. Like if you go to the to the DFS, like they have a DFS like effectively like like a stadium almost. It's in the Meadowlands. Oh wow. You just yeah, it's like DraftKings. Like you literally go there and they have infinite TVs you could bet. I only made one bet. One of my boys was like, "Yo, you got to bet. You got to bet uh Khabib versus McGregor." Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's a lock. They always think it's a lock. Sure. Literally, yeah, every yeah. better, every yeah. better is a lock. It's they like, just oh, want you to lock. suffer with them whenever they lose, bro. So I bet five thousand. I didn't even watch the fight. I was just like, <laughs> I was like, all yeah. right, if it's a lock, I got you. It's I very weird. DFS has headquarters out here. Uh, my good friend Dolak works for them, and I, I just met another girl who like is doing some sort of. I, I don't know if like she works in the middle management or whatever, but I don't understand why they're headquartered out here. I can't, I can't play fantasy football right I, I can't i can't do daily fantasy here it's it's not allowed so i guess the only thing that makes sense is that they don't have to pay state income tax so they're operating here but maybe that's kind of an inclination too that they're close or on the precipice of getting it nationwide again bro we got to learn the rules man i heard something about if you cash out your bitcoin up in puerto rico you don't get no taxes mm, sure I you about to that. go see some you're about to go see some Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is nice. You know what I was seeing, uh, you know, briefly before we get into like, uh, and we bring on Vanessa, like, I think, I think they should NFT, you know, I was, I was reading the chat and they all think that we should NFT one of some of these tweets, uh, you know, some of of these, you know, those Zarian should be the NFT tweet, you know, yesterday's, Mm -hmm. uh, Vanessa's tweet when she won was super popular. Uh, I tried really hard just, to to make the thumbnail, the one of her uh, flipping flipping off the camera, showing her abs, but the the quality yeah. of the picture was just like too grainy. I couldn't I couldn't work with it. I'm sure she would have fucking loved it. Though. She would have. <laughs> I, I should have just had, had her like take another one because yeah, I, I had this whole thing in my head where I was gonna get like Blazarian on there and like her whipping <laughs> him off. No, that was to Dantali though. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Even better. So one of the things I do want to talk about, you know, before we bring on uh, uh, Vanessa, and I do want to ask her this as well, uh, is this, and I saw some mentions of this uh, on poker Twitter today, where it was, does it, does it take to get everyone on your side? Like, is this, is this what it is? Here's the thing, man. I, I think we are a little hypercritical and sensitive to this type of stuff. Because the fact of the matter is, it's not like people weren't championing for Vanessa all along the way. It's more so that there were prominent voices championing against her, right? Mm -hmm. So for every 10 guys that are out there doing their best to try to uplift somebody like Vanessa or even just women in poker as a whole, there's a Doug Polk who has 100x the audience that's just saying, this is ridiculous that you're framing it this way. And that's hard to overcome. Um, I think you're and I's point a couple of weeks ago of the the female voices as a whole being relatively silent on this issue was a little bit mm-hmm. concerning but i also and i'd like to i'd like to talk to vanessa about this too because like you know i'm not a female i can't speak from their perspective um 
I, I think I do understand though, because of the fear of putting yourself out there and then having a poke come through and just bulldoze you, right? It's like, no matter how prominent you are in this industry, male or female alike, when there are people who are just much higher on the social hierarchy than you are, it becomes very difficult to just like speak without there being ramifications. And a lot of people don't want to suffer them, right? It's like, you know, you and I, we don't give a fuck. I'm old and grizzled and couldn't give a shit less. And you are Dominican spicy and like to stir the shit. So <laughs> it's just go. like, you know, what, whatever, man, we look cringy on Twitter sometimes. Like we say some things that uh, it, it's, we're our head and heart are in the right place, but it's just weird to pick public fights like that. Imagine being somebody like Livbury or Chrissy B who's like effectively risen to the top of this community is largely just like flying under the radar or relatively silent when it comes to these types of issues and then speaking out and having just like a polk hammer come down on you. Um, now I'm not necessarily saying that that would happen. Uh, I do think that some voices garner more respect than more respect than others, but I am trying to basically like empathize with the fact that we just didn't hear very many prominent female voices speaking out on this issue. And secondarily, like they're not all in alignment, right? It's just like, any other aspect of this community. Not everybody agrees that Dan Bilzerian is a huge problem. Not everybody yeah. agrees that, um, you know, his lifestyle misogyny is the reason why women don't want to be in poker. Uh, and I do think that there is a fuck ton of nuance here that is certainly lost on Twitter, but is probably even lost just in these little uh, small echo chambers uh, of speaking, right? Like I'm sure you, me and Vanessa can have a pretty long, well-developed, thoughtful conversation about why Dan Bilzerian is the problem. And we would just completely lack the context that maybe somebody like uh, Marley or someone else in the community could provide us of why he's not. And until we get to a point where we're amplifying a bunch of different voices that are all logical, reasonable, and well-respected in unison, we're just going to constantly keep fighting ourselves and tearing each other down until nothing's left but ashes. So how, how do we go about that? It's like one of those things where we just like someone from the other side just steps up and comes on a podcast and just like, I mean, you know, you know how it is. Uh, you, you have a social responsibility if you choose to accept it whenever you have a platform. Right. So it's just the people mm -hmm. with the biggest platforms, maybe caring enough to, uh, to have honest debate and, good faith arguments rather than just choosing a side and doubling down. And, you know, I don't think that's going to change, right? Like Polk didn't get relevant by towing the line. Guys like Ingram, you know, he gets a lot of shit for it, for like fence sitting and never really picking a side. Um, but he could leverage that pretty well uh, if it, it started to, develop the framework of good faith arguments and uh you know fair debates where both sides are being heard it's just it's a lot to ask of somebody like joe right like it's like hey you have this platform and what i want you to do is i want you to amplify both sides of whatever the most relevant argument is right now and i need you to mediate it which is something that you've never done before <laughs> it's a lot to ask bro. i think he's listening bro <laughs> good tell him i said <laughs> I what's think up he's listening i think he's listening all right let, let's cut back to the to before uh before Vanessa comes on, I do want to finish this last topic. So they ran a 12.5 uh, million guarantee, right? Mm -hmm. The Wire Act, something's up. Uh, the owner of Venetian, he's dead. 
so uh live poker is blossoming like obviously like you know with covid and everything but anytime anything runs it's it's huge right yeah yeah. so what does that mean for american poker and uh, maybe i'll leave this one for vanessa i i I, because yeah i want to see if like she thinks that there's a little bit of a of a chris moneymaker effect you know hopefully she's not listening wow bro Um, um but, yeah i mean but okay what is it what does it all mean though? like it, it, does does this culminate into something that we we should be caring about it means a baby step you know it means the same thing that it meant when wsop came into the market six years ago in nevada it means the same thing that michigan getting legalized last year pennsylvania two years ago means it's a absolute tiny step forward in getting online gaming regularly You're always so sad it's a, i'm so not sad, sad. honestly for, first of all from my perspective <laughs> i am i'm very much contrarian on this vantage or on this viewpoint i don't necessarily think that uh having legalized poker coast to coast is the best thing for the ecosystem as a whole I, I i don't think that it's not but i'm not convinced that we haven't been better served over the last seven years by being shut out from the online world um now i'm not you know, whatever the other players in the, in the sphere are much stronger because they have had the ability to play online. Uh, but like with that said, um, yeah, I think we have to just treat it like what it is. It's positive news. It's a step in the right direction. There are a lot of corporate dollars out there that are interested in getting this changed and at least having nationwide liquidity. Uh, and you know, I don't think that there's going to be a major, stepping stone that happens, right? It's just going to be a bunch of these small steps that add up until suddenly 48 states are are legalized. There's some people that would like to see a lot of online poker. Man, have and they played live though? Bro. I think I think we might bring on someone that has a little bit of a of a of a nice taste to online poker right now. And that is the Sunday Million 15th anniversary winner. Not afraid to call out your shit. ACR Superstar Pro Vanessa Cade. Hi. 1.5 million. <laughs> How are you feeling? Um, I probably could not possibly be feeling any better. <laughs> you <laughs> rich. <laughs> I just I still have the cashier open. I'm just looking at that 1.5 M. <laughs> it's still in your account? Yeah, oh, I, Vanessa, haven't, I haven't done anything yet. We have to get in Bitcoin we're gonna, immediately. We're going to figure it out. I don't, like, I've never been in this spot before. I don't know what to do with it yet. So, All right, you so know, you're, talk you're, to some people. About you're going to buy 100 Bitcoins <laughs> <laughs> somehow at a discount, and we're going to move on with life. Oh, man. I saw on your social media that the screen, the, like the winning screen, it's still up on your computer. It's, it's right in front of me. I'm still looking at it, yeah. <laughs> So you just haven't clicked OK yet? I have, no, I'm never going to click OK on that. They're going to have to like forcibly take this window away from me. <laughs> that's the only way it's going anywhere. Oh, my Lord. That's, 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 <laughs> that's amazing. So w- w- walk us through like some of the, some of the final moments of, of your tournament. I, I think that you know, we're, I personally have never been in a, in a million-dollar uh, spot, but... Walk us through like some of some of the moments, like the. Okay, so like obviously one of the big moments is like that Jack H of which like <laughs> looks pretty interesting, but like I'm looking at that spot and it's like I can't remember the exact stack 
sizes, but all of the short stacks are still in the, the two big stacks. This is going to be the only hand in the next like several hands that they're out of out of the hand. And so we actually have leverage against these shorter stacks. We're about to pay a big blind. Like it's just like looking really grim. We have like, you know, a hand or two more until we're paying like another big blind and half a big blind. So I decide to like shove that and just hope that like those guys know because all those stacks are so even that they just have to be like really, really strong to call off. And like, especially the earlier positions behind me. So we took a risk with the Jack eight, got called off by the big blind and like, hit a miracle eight which like was really amazing that was like really exciting are you shaking at this point like what's what's happening yeah i was like shaking pretty much the whole final table yeah definitely <laughs> um so that was a big hand um and then like before this the last final two tables we were like super card dead for ages um and like didn't have any hands and like we're just in spots where we were like kind of handcuffed and like either just had junk and it got like open and three bet in front of us so like there were there were just so many spots that just like played itself where you can't like really do anything um some of the famous hands uh, like the hands that will go down in like the history books were uh you know like you calling with like ace queen and like the seven rips up on the flop and it's yeah. like 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 the seven comes on the flop, you're probably seeing like the tournament just like completely just like flashing, flashing before flash. your eyes. Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. I feel like though, like when I got when I shoved that jack eight and like I just got super short, that I kind of like accepted that like if this is the end of the tournament and I forget how much we had locked up at that point, like two hundred like two hundred fifty k or two hundred twenty five k. That like if this is it, it's still an amazing score and like I just have to accept it's gonna be it's going to be what it's going to be and like do the best that I can. And I feel like once I got that low and had considered that and been in that spot where I'm like, this could just be over that. Like I felt a little bit more fearless about the rest of the hands. Like it's almost like once you get in that point of like really being threatened that like the rest of it feels less scary for some reason. So, um, yeah, so I saw the seven and I like obviously my stomach lurches and then it was just like queen on the turn right away. I'm like, holy shit. Like, thank God. <laughs> my god are you, are you like a talker are you are you someone that like yells hold or or are you just like silent like holding your breath like 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 we want to envision it i mean i pretty much just like i'm pretty much just like sitting at my desk like just like totally frozen like i just like there were a couple times i like like almost squealed kind of with giddiness like after a hand was done that was like really dangerous um but uh yeah while it's, it's happening scary. like just right, frozen <laughs> Walk us through this hand, like if you can. This was like one of the sickest hands, right? Or yeah. Are you just never folding? So as soon as we flop to pair there, like I know just blind on blind, especially versus this guy. Like he's one of the ones I was watching on the stream playback here, and I'd seen him like three bet really light, like correctly in a lot of spots that are like really good to be aggressive in to pick up chips. And so I know, like, I know like this guy is playing like aggressive level 9,000 like and like I play this way often on like in a lot of ACR spots um when I'm like just but being right now like you kind of you kind of know he's gonna shove like a I know a he's fair gonna like effort. basically as soon as we flop two pair I know this guy's gonna triple barrel off no matter what like high card flop Broadway doesn't matter like triple barrels coming because of the ICM pressure so we flop two pair and I'm just like we're check calling this all the way down to get him to like bluff off his whole stack if we can do. And like, 
Uh, yeah. So like as soon as we hit like flop the two pair, I'm just like check calling the whole way. Like maybe there's like some really weird spot if like like the river is a second ace or something like that, or just like some weird like pair, like fourth card to Broadway or something like that, where I just like feel sick and have to like think about it for a second. But luckily it went brick, brick. And if it bricked out, I was just calling off no matter what. So there was one hand that you didn't expect to have happened, I'm sure, right? Because most of the time your opponent's going to fold. Yes. Uh, but he didn't this time. And that was the ace king versus fives. Mm -hmm. So you're going to shove fives. Do you expect to just like get a fold like, like a ridiculous yes. amount of the time? Like, yeah, you're supposed to fold like so much of your range in the spot because of the other short stack there. So like the whole reason you rip fives there, at least uh, the whole reason I rip fives is because you're supposed to fold like so many hands. And I'm I haven't run this, but I'm like, I'm, I feel like ace king is a fold there. Like, I'm pretty sure. No, so I, the cards are running. It's, you don't I, think so? Well, I think he's just probably supposed to open shove if he's planning on raise folding. But ace king three handed, even with ICM pressure, uh, it's just ahead of your reshove range when you're chip leader. I, I that's my For that's like, my best guess. Okay, I'm uh, gonna I'm gonna check out that spot later. But like, I I know he's supposed to fold pretty wide with the other guy there. Yeah, yeah. no, no, no. He's supposed to be folding a ton. Uh, in which case, like, if ace king becomes a bad call off, then he should just be open shoving it. But yeah. there really isn't any way that he should be putting ace king in the muck pre. I don't think unless. He's just making pretty egregious errors. How did you feel as the cards are running out? Um, so I like I was just like jarred by the fact he like snapped off. And I think it took me until the turn to like realize that he even called and he was on a high card. And then I'm like, oh, my God, I'm looking back at the board. I'm like, we're still good right now. Like, holy shit. And then, yeah, and it just bricked out. I'm like, thank God. Like, <laughs> all right, there's I'm going to play. There's going to we're going to play sound. And I want you to just. <laughs> After this, after this clip, to just like come back with like your raw emotion after you hear these sounds, okay? So like we're gonna play this. Okay. Vanessa Cade, huge advantage, 1.2 million. Taliban is barely a 10 big blind stack. All in with king nine against eights. Eights are holding, and eights hold, <laughs> and we have a winner. This is over the Sunday million, 15th wow. anniversary. Paid. Wow played to its conclusion and it is canadian poker pro and streamer vanessa Cade, who takes it down for 1.5 million dollars how did you how do you even feel hearing your name like that i i actually didn't have the audio on the playback so um and that would have been like a half an hour after it actually finished uh so i actually didn't see that part of the stream but um uh when that happened, like, I just sat there and, like, froze, and then, like, I just got really emotional all of a sudden, and I had, like, a little tear go down my cheek, and then I was, like, I was crying for a little bit, because, like, this has been, like, a really long road for me, and then just, like, it felt like a couple years of pent-up frustration of just being in a lot of big spots and getting pretty unlucky in, in a few spots, um, just, like, released all at once, where it's just, like, holy shit, like... 70,000 player field and this is the one where like everything just goes right and like uh, like unbelievable feeling you did talk about that yesterday like on i i tuned into your to your stream i dropped a couple of uh i dropped a couple of subs <laughs> yeah, the uh, most ridiculous amount of subs like 500 of them or something holy crap man, thank i was you happy for, for you uh <laughs> okay so uh 
but talk to me about these two years, right? So you, you said you said that you know you 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 haven't ran well, but are there other things like that? Like when that tier did fall, like was it just the was it just the the poker, or was there like other things in your life that like were like this was like such a, a cathartic moment for you? I mean, it's a it's a lot of stuff. Like I had a really weird road, I think to get here and like the last, I think it's like maybe 70%, 75% just like being frustrated over like not being able to get like a really good score in the last couple of years and like trying really hard to do my best and like experimenting with like all kinds of weird play just to see how like stuff happens and like dialing that back the last bit and whatever. Um, and just like never really having everything like work out for me in like the big spots and just feeling like, like I really wanted it to happen, you know? So I think like a lot of it was that cause I've just been like tr trying at this for like quite a while that when it finally happened, it was just like amazing. Um, I mean, there's like other stuff too. Like uh, yeah, I've like worked really hard on stuff the last bit and it just feels like everything's coming together for me. Like um, maybe about six months ago, I decided to like reach out and get um, a poker coach. I actually had kind of two of them where I was just like reviewing hands all the time and like, running stuff through Pio pretty much every single day and like reviewing uh, my hands and my tournament play like as much as possible. And then like I've worked really hard in other areas of my life, just like looking at nutrition and fitness and stuff. And I hired a personal trainer, I'd been working out like five days a week and just like, I don't know, it's like probably the only moment in my entire life where I felt like, like everything was just right. And I like put in some effort and it paid off and it just like everything worked out. So do you feel like any, did any of it have some emotional attachment to like all the stuff that has recently happened? Like, did you feel validated in any way? Like, it, did that come into your mind at all? Uh, sorry, you mean like with poker specifically, like with, with like, with, yeah, with like the GG, like, you know, the, the, the Twitter, like all this stuff, like. To me, like the GG poker stuff is just like a really separate subject. And I remember like one of the last things I said last week to like one of the chip race guys who I've been talking to like a lot about this um, GG poker stuff is that like this is not like really what I this is not what I want to be known for. Like it's unfortunate that like basically I'm going to be branded with this forever no matter what. And like I what I really want to be doing is like crushing poker and winning tournaments. And like that's what I would hope people would like recognize me for. And I just know like the way that it was playing out, it just felt like anytime my name is brought up, like this is what people are going to think of like GG poker and misogyny. And whether that means that like I'm an annoying social justice warrior, or whether they think that's a good thing, like this is the thing. It's not going to be like about whether or not I'm good at poker or anything like that. So like to basically say that and be like, I kind of want to be done with this stuff, to be honest, like I would like to like, make the poker environment better for like not just women but like everybody uh if i can like if i have any way to contribute towards that but also like i would prefer like that that's not just my thing like i i want to be good at poker and winning so like i that's that's what i would be hoping to be on like podcast for like in social media and stuff is like for wins not for yeah. peripheral stuff you know so to have this big win come like right after I'm kind of like making that point is just like absolutely incredible. Cause like, you know, I'm hoping it's going to like turn the attention more towards this and like things that I feel like are more maybe positive and constructive and like, 
um, than than the stuff that you know we've been dealing with the last few months. And I think I think that is what we're seeing, right? Like you, like, I think we're seeing an outpour an outpouring of support, right? You're seeing like celebrities, poker players, both like women across all industries, like, like showing support. Like, how does that how does that make you feel? Because I completely agree that this this statement you just made of winning this incredible tournament is like i think this is what you're going to be remembered for i don't i think this is like bigger than any twitter back and forth but like how do you feel about the outpour of support right now um incredible honestly i was just saying um i was saying ape styles today because we actually talk a fair bit that um the last even the last like before before day three, like at the end of day two, between the end of day two and now, the amount of like positive messages and just like really supportive, like loving, kind things people have said to me is just like, like I have probably literally a thousand DMs right now and like it's all positive. And like that is like, I read some of them and I just start tearing up. Like I've never read so many like nice, happy things in my whole life. And it like, I was saying to Ape Styles that like, it almost means more to me than the money. Like it feels like emotionally, it feels like that is just as significant, you know? So like, like that has been absolutely incredible. Like, I can't believe it. Like the one post I made basically showing the final table and talking about the win has like, like 10,000 likes and two and a half million views and like a thousand comments on it. And like, almost there's almost no negative comments like it's unreal i just i've never been a part of anything that felt so positive like it's crazy so i I do want to double back a little bit to uh to what you guys were just briefly discussing as far as you know a little less so what you're known for and a little more so this newfound platform that you have being a sponsored pro with ACR, as well as your most recent windfall, having this massive score and getting all eyes turned on you. Um, I completely understand the desire for wanting to be recognized for your ability in game. Uh, I, but I guess the, the question that I'd like to extend out is more so um, pushing poker aside because, you know, it's a career, it's what we do, but it is ultimately effectively zero sum. And it's, it's not going to be what any of us want plastered on our tombstone. I don't think, um, do you feel a certain sense of responsibility to this new platform, especially with all the attention that you have on you to, uh, potentially, I guess, weave in these noble causes, whether that be, uh, trying to be more inclusive and growing the game for women or be it something else that you might be passionate about. I, I mean, you know, it could be like the way Jamie's passionate about dogs or wh- whatever the case may be. I'm just curious, like how you see your responsibility moving forward now as a sponsored pro and somebody who uh, just really bolstered their resume. I mean, I don't feel like responsibility is the right word. I, you know, I'm sure like, I mean, there's a lot of people pulling me for me to like, hopefully continue to speak up about things that could be improved and stuff. But like that, like outside pressure almost feels irrelevant to me. Like I've felt really strongly about a lot of this stuff myself and I feel like I owe it to myself now that I have a platform in which I feel like I maybe am a little bit less vulnerable to, um, you know, like you, like you said, being smacked down by a louder voice. Uh, who maybe disagrees that I could actually like maybe get some messages out there and like actually talk with casinos or like venues, online sites and stuff like that. And like actually make changes that like, I want to do those things. Like 
regardless of outside pressure, um, if there are ways that I can think of or somebody suggests or whatever that I could influence something for the better, like, why not? Yeah, I, I definitely would like to do that. Yeah, I, I think as much of a fuck you as this score is to Plazarian when he effectively alludes that nobody knows you, um, <laughs> I, I think the the bigger long-term effect is uh, your ability to incite change, uh, however small it may be. Um, and I think we kind of take that for granted in this space specifically because we don't recognize how small it is. And it is very easy for those amplified voices to kind of just have a run of show. Um, so, I mean, from my personal perspective, I'm excited to see, you know, what you're able to do with this platform, what you're able to do with your career moving forward and how that's able to be leveraged into, you know, some sort of more positive, uh, attributes to the community at large. Cause it does seem like at least over the last few weeks, what we saw, it does seem like you have a certain passion at a bare minimum to just make it a less, uh, exclusive community, right? Just, just make it so that people can be heard and kind of get their fair shake. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Yes, that Good. is what I would like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> going back to the tournament really quickly, one one thing I wanted to ask is, were there any talks of a chop at any point at this final table? There were. When we were four-handed, um, uh, somebody suggested we talk about a chop. I kind of clicked it and I was like, oh, maybe I'll look at the numbers. And um, I think it was Poncho didn't click it. But as I was like, as he didn't click it yet, I was kind of looking again at the stack sizes. I'm like, oh, this like fourth guy's kind of short. And like, maybe it'd be better to wait until three handed anyway, because we're probably going to lose him pretty quickly. And it didn't end up mattering because Poncho never clicked the button. So, um, and, you know, he was down there obviously until like three handed. And then he ends up going out third. And then I have like such an overwhelming chip lead that it's just like the, the other guy, you know, asked me, like, do you want to make a deal? And it's like, I've got to, 10 to one chip advantage. And it's like, mm. like I told him, I think in chat, like <laughs> if, if he gets back, if we get back to even, then, then we'll talk about it. But like, you know, 10 you're, to one, I think I'll, I'll take the chances. You're all psychopaths <laughs> for what it's worth. <laughs> because I, so four handed, I guess with four remaining, you were probably guaranteed about 400 K give or take. Does that seem right? Maybe a little it more. It was more than that. Cause third was 700 K. Okay, so maybe five hundred thousand. So, so five hundred thousand. Okay, so yeah, I mean, I, that's a nice score for sure, and, and everybody's doing pretty well. But it's insane, like the bankroll that the the four of you collectively would have to have to gamble for a million dollars would have to be like ten to twenty x that. And I'm quite let's confident. Let's go, Vanessa. Let's go. I'm quite confident all four of you were yellowing it in that moment. <laughs> Where it's just well, like, yeah, I let's get the 1.5. I was to discuss a deal, and then I was like, whatever, YOLO, I guess. I guess we're playing it's, this out. Like, honestly, video, it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it, it's so crazy. We talked to Landon about this uh, after his tournament win, where you're not prepared for this whenever you're in the like in, in the thick of things. You're only really concerned about making the best decisions you possibly can. You forget that some of the best decisions you could possibly make are also like bankroll considerations, because... You know, you sat down to play a game for $215. Well, now suddenly you're playing a four-handed match for a million. And it's like, yeah. that wasn't really part of the plan. So there it isn't necessarily... part of the plan, bro. Yeah, but it you know what I'm saying. I think about that already, like if I ended up heads up against Poncho or something. Yeah. It was kind of how I expected it to play mm -hmm. out, that I was going to end up heads up against Poncho. We're going to be even stacks. It's going to be like a really tough heads up battle because he's very aggressive and like, it's just going to be difficult. And I'm like, man, this is like half a million dollar heads up match. Like I would... 
if it plays out that way, like I would really want to make a deal because yeah. I just figure like it's so like the variance is so high on it. Like it's just such, such like a dangerous spot for like, you know, half a million. Like I might, I might never get like, I might never get a half a million score again in my entire life. And that's right. like only the pay jump. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, so like to, to like lower some of that variance is would have been like a good idea, but like, what are you going to do? Like somebody doesn't want to chop, you don't chop. So. I think it only adds to the, to the legend of this entire story. Like this is one of the most serendipitous things that I think like could ever be written. You wouldn't really even find like a screenwriter who would come out of the woodwork and be like, okay, so what's going to happen is she's going to get assaulted on social media. And then weeks <laughs> later have a seven figure score where everybody just like disagrees to a child. You know what I mean? Like so many things had to fall in place. Uh, and I can imagine that this entire ride has been relatively overwhelming for you. What do you foresee, like, obviously in the short run or in the short term, near term, whatever, I can't imagine that you have much in the works of plans. But, like, what do, what do you see this doing for your career uh, more so in the long term now that you, you know, have a bigger bankroll and you have a sponsorship and you have a, a means to an end? I don't really know. Like it's always been kind of my goal to like basically move up in terms of like higher buying MTTs, particularly live MTTs. Like I only started playing online a couple of years ago and I had, I had always been like a winning player at live poker and moved online. And I was just like lost. I'm just like, I never realized like, I think how bad some of my fundamentals were where if you play a lot of live, especially lower stakes, like people, really give you so much information just by looking at them that like I really relied on that a lot and then moving into the online space I'm like man I have no idea how to tell if this guy's bluffing like my bet sizes were off like the spots I was betting and like everything was bad and so like even even like up to I like experimented with like this hyper aggressive style and like really playing table dynamics the last like or through the summer to a point of like, like way past what's reasonable just to see like if I raise any two here in this spot with like ICM pressure, what happens? And like, you know, and just like all like trying out all this like wacky stuff and then just like really dialing it back the last bit and like mixing in some exploitative stuff, but like also doing a bit of GTO things and like playing whatever field it is that I happen to be in. Um, and so like, it's been like a weird road for me and I don't exactly know what the next step is. Like, I'd love to be playing like, high rollers eventually one day. And like, I don't think I'm there yet where I could be profitable necessarily in like, you know, $10,000, $25, $25,000 buy-ins and stuff. But like, I hope to get there. And like, I don't feel like I'm massively far off. Like I'm, you know, I need some more work for sure, but it's possible is what I'm saying, I think. It's only a um, month away, Vanessa. You can <laughs> do a lot of work in a month. You know, there's a 25K in Florida coming up. Uh, I, I want to ask you. I want to ask you about uh, two things, right? So, I I do want to ask you about ACR because you are wearing a very nice hoodie. Oh yeah, uh, from, this from is ACR. The hoodie I wore all three days of um, this tournament, by the way, which yeah. probably um, needs to be washed. And it's a good thing that we're doing this remotely. <laughs> uh, so I do want to ask you about ACR, and but I also want to ask you about like what got a lot of coverage, like uh, you know, that kind of went very like very noticed so it was the disconnect right so the disconnect happened three-handed what was your like what was your initial thought oh, like yeah. once the disconnect happens from your opponent and you have someone because you're in a pretty bad spot right like like icm wise you're out of position uh two 
uh, two out of the three hands uh, versus the chip leader. And the chip leader now disconnects. This is a probably a pretty good spot for you. Uh, so, like, tell me your thoughts, like, immediately once you see the disconnect happen. I mean, I don't, I don't want to win that way. Like, you know, if I was going to win, like, I want it to be fair, basically. And if this guy is, like, I don't, I didn't even look at what country he was in, honestly. I still have the window up. It might even say. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what country he's in. It, does, it won't tell me. But, like, um, you know, like, obviously somewhere where it's like internet's not the best and like I'm thinking almost that like maybe if it's a country where they like don't even have great internet and stuff like how much more this score would mean even to him probably and like just how shitty it is like if that happened to me I'd be like panicking <laughs> like this we're playing for a million dollars and like your internet dies like it's unimaginable like I would just be like so stressed and I'm like this isn't like this isn't the way it should play out and it's like not the way I would want to win or chip up or anything. So I just, I was hoping that like, like there's no way poker stars wasn't watching. So I'm just like, maybe they'll be nice to this guy and like pause the tournament. And then I basically said that and he came right back. So I was like, okay, like, never mind. Talk to us about ACR. Like you, you signed to ACR very recently. They, they clearly got the best of that deal now, right? Like <laughs> it's, I mean, they couldn't pay for this, this good of a, of a situation, but Tell us why you chose ACR. Like, you know, walk us through the process of getting signed. Like, you know, tell us that experience. So I actually played the majority of my volume on ACR the last couple of years. Um, and like not being sponsored by them or anything. I just, I like the site. You can play from anywhere, et cetera. Um, and we kind of been talking about having like some kind of deal the last little bit. And actually the contract had been sitting in my inbox for like, sometime so like i know i think like as soon as all this controversy happened and we like announced a signing that like oh you know like acr is picking her up because of this and stuff which was like kind of like oh, i don't like really want people to think that because like actually it's been a thing we've been discussing for a while now um and like it just i don't know it makes a lot of sense for me like um acr is great with their pros and that like they'll let you play like on any of the sites and they're really supportive and they're like they're just like really amazing to their pros I think like they treat them super well I'll treat us super well and um yeah just like want you to win like they'll they want you to like play anything that will make you like the happiest and most successful you can be and like they're they're cheering on so like I think like that's huge some of these other sites like if you if you uh take a sponsorship with them like they only want you to play only on their site and like um, yeah, there's like a lot, I think, stricter with a lot of stuff. Um, and I think also it meant a lot to me, like, um, I've talked with Phil Maggie a number of times, like I've known him for quite a while and he's been like really supportive. I think of like all of this, like, I just trying to like talk about these difficult topics and like a public situation that like, you know, made almost for sure was going to put me in like a polarizing position. And like, he was basically not afraid to step in and say like, like he didn't even insist that we do it on ACR it had anything to do with ACR. He was like, look, I'll back you if you want to play a heads up match against Dan Bilzerian, like uh, whatever, like whatever stakes, basically like, you know, just like I got your back kind of thing. And like that meant a lot to me. And like even just like like conversations through the last couple of years, like he's put me in touch with contacts for various things. And like just like obviously like just seem to genuinely just really care. And like, I've also watched him work super hard on ACR, like, like burning himself out, wanting to make the site better um, and like acknowledging their flaws and like trying to fix them and stuff like that. And I just really respect it. So 
It seems like a really good place for me. They also like they they have the power to turn off the doom switch cross platforms. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently, and somehow, somehow they like turned on the wrong good on Poker Stars. <laughs> I uh, is there any? Sorry, go ahead, Burke. Uh, I was gonna say I I don't want to overshadow uh, how big of a deal today is and how big of a victory this is, but I feel like I'd be remiss if we didn't kind of probe a little bit more uh, about the Blazarian and GG stuff. And I, I really only have one question regarding it. Uh, just as far as like the way the whole thing shook out, um, you know, effectively like at the very minimum, you have our platform now. Is there anything that like you wish you could have communicated better or any nuance that was lost through Twitter or basically given the ability to speak to an audience, like is there a message that you would prefer to get out that, you know, maybe getting misconstrued otherwise? Yeah, actually, um, there are a couple of things that people seem to be confused about pretty consistently, and I feel like I've explained it a few places, um, but there still seems to be some confusion. So, like, there's some people who definitely think that, like, the reason I didn't like Dan Bilzerian is because he posts, like, pictures of naked women or whatever, but it's the Internet. There's naked women all over the Internet. Like, this is this is not my issue with it. Like, I mean, there's like a small issue with basically paying women to up his own social cred using them, right? Like that's kind of lame, but it's not the main thing. Like for me, if you go and like read, there's like, you easily do a Google search and there's just dozens of things where he is like on record, on video, like kicking a woman in the face, getting like kicked out of a club. He brags about another incident where he kicked a woman on like our own two plus two forums. There's like, just like dozens of tweets where he's just like really degrading to women saying like, like women are like dog shit. They're easier to pick up as they get older and like ugly women hurt my eyes. And then like on international women's day, he has like the naked chick on her hands and knees or whatever bent over, like eating his dinner off her. And like the caption says, Happy International Women's Day. They're useful for so many things. Like, it just, like, and, and like, I think even worse, particularly in our poker space, like, back when Kate Hall was playing Dentali, um, he commented, like, on Twitter to her, like, I don't know who you are, but um, I would bet on you to lose because you're a woman and women can't play poker, basically. And I'm just, like, like all of these things is, like, this is not the guy. Like, this is not the guy you want in poker to be representing like like for people to look up to and like let's bring his whole crowd in who like you know a lot like a lot of them are just decent people but then a lot are going to like really reflect this kind of like value value set or whatever right and like do we really want them in our pool like yeah they're probably like easy money i don't know like it just feels like a really huge like compromise of values if you have them right like well, that is, that so is I, a huge issue, right? Is that uh, the most fruitful market to target, and I know this from having done research, is age 30 to 45, white male living in the Midwest who votes conservatively. That's where the vast majority of money is in this particular space. So Blazarian speaks to that crowd and... I think it's a massive marketing hurdle that we have to overcome. And a big way to do that, actually, I believe would be to target the female poker pro. Um, but it's a longer road, right? This this group is already interested in poker and has liquidity now. This other group may be larger, but it needs to be nurtured and it needs to be welcomed and it needs to be um, you know, given a path 
of lower resistance to getting to the point of being competitive. Uh, and I personally don't have any answers for that. I know Christian and I spoke at length a couple of weeks ago. Uh, hopefully you had a chance to, to watch and, you know, I did, yeah. you can agree, disagree. Um, I know that we're not speaking from the perspective of women. At best, we can just try yeah. to uh, have some sort of sympathy towards what's going on. But like, you know, I'm not marginalized in any sort of way. And Christian may be slightly as, as a minority, but uh, I can't, I imagine it pales Dominicano, in comparison. Dominicano, papi. <laughs> Dominicano, papi. Uh, yeah, but I, I, I mean, I imagine it pales in comparison to, to like uh, the, the low population of females that we have. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think anybody expects you to have answers, but uh, you know, I did want to give you the opportunity to get anything off your chest that, you know, maybe 280 <laughs> characters can't suffice. So there's, I think there's like, I mean, we could probably discuss the details of this for like an hour, but uh, I feel like there are some flaws with some of that in that like a lot of Bolzerian's audience is in the US. And like, this is like some of the marketing they're going to be able to do isn't necessarily like for later when online poker is legalized in the US and like, you know, down the road, we can maybe tap it like they're trying to take advantage of it now. And like a lot of his audience isn't even eligible to play on GG poker. So there's there's some of that I think that like maybe that there's like I um I think Tuckman's podcast I broke down like trying to figure out basically what percentage of his audience are like is actually eligible to you know basically sign up for poker from the sense that they have like disposable income they're the right age group like they have some kind of interest in these games like they're not in the states and like there was a long list of things basically that i think like really actually reduces that audience a ton and i'm not sure what the numbers would actually look like but i feel like maybe it's not quite as great as it seems just based on like straight social media numbers uh, it's, it's tough to say. I mean, if, if they can accrue 0.1%, that's 40,000 new users and 1% would be 400,000. Um, I, I obviously think that you're right in what you're saying, but there are also a lot of people who are skirting this. Uh, GG seems to be pretty open to bending the rules a little bit. I, I, I agree with you that it's not in the best interest long-term for the community, but uh, I think that we don't do a good enough job holding companies like this to the fire whenever they choose the lowest hanging fruit. Because from a, yeah, from a branding perspective, it's like if we're not going to speak with our dollars when they do something that we think is reprehensible, then they have every right to double down on it because it's going to make them more money. Yeah, I mean, I agree. So the moneymaker effect, that's the, that could be you right now. You, you, you know, online poker might come to America. Superstar Vanessa Cade, $200 into 1.5 M, a smooth 1.5 M. That might be it. You might just set online poker on fire in, in America. You might have to move, you know, to, to, to the States somewhere in Texas. Austin, I heard you like Austin very much. Uh, <laughs> and that might be it. Well, well, I don't know. That might be it. There's a 25K in Florida. You're going to play it. <laughs> 25K. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to play it. And, and, and yeah, I mean, honestly, like, it was a pleasure. Like, it's a pleasure that you allowed, like, me to have you on this podcast first. I'm sure you have thousands. You know, CNN is calling. You know, like, <laughs> uh, Anderson Cooper is on the line. Like, you know, how, how, how did it happen? How did you feel on the Ace King versus Fives hand? Like, <laughs> 
but but thank but no but thank you for coming i mean this was it's incredible i'm glad we could share the experience with you oh you bet my pleasure yeah i don't know about the money maker effect thing though like i mean my perspective of it is skewed right like to me like i'm tagged in everything and i'm seeing like all the messages and it's just very overwhelming but i have no i have no sense of what this looks like from like an outside perspective and like how much it's all over everything or like, you know, I just don't have any sense for this at all. Like none. So, I mean, I feel like it's an exaggeration to say that this would be like, the uh, we'll see, we'll see. We, you know, we didn't know it was moneymaker until it was moneymaker. Right. Like it is. So it's like, it is what it is, but no, uh, I'll let you go. I know that, uh, I'm sure your all your messages are blowing up. I mean, <laughs> I mean what, what are you going to say? Right. Uh, but no, it was, it was a pleasure. And I, I'm looking forward to to seeing you in Florida and everywhere. You know, it's it's going to be amazing. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's like fantastic to be here for this reason. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, Vanessa. All right. See ya. All right. That was the new newly minted superstar, Vanessa Cade. And uh, man, that was a that was that was a fun conversation. What 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 did you think about the conversation? There was a you know, you were you were you were throwing a little bit of the hardball questions there for for a little bit, and uh, what what do you think? Uh, I think it went well. I, I'm I'm happy that she gets to do her victory lap. Like this is what we should be giving people the the mic to do victory laps for. It's a good feel good story, I suppose. Um, and you know, to the to her last point, it's like this is as big of a deal as we're willing to make it. So uh, I hope the storyline is first and foremost she does the improbable. And then the under underscore to that is, you know, and it's a big fuck you to Blazarian and Gigi or whatever. Um, I'm not so confident that that's the way the news cycle works, but, you know, wishful thinking. Uh, I, I also think that, like, just seeing some of those hands, this would be a fascinating final table to actually go back and review. It seems like I, I literally only saw the four hands that we just showed, but it seems like there were a lot of mistakes taking place. Um, that nine I mean, fold I mean, is fascinating. Yeah, there was, it was, you know, she did say that her and Ape Styles are going to review it. Obviously, Ape Styles is one of the best players, you know, yeah. in, in MTTs uh, and also an ACR pro. So that's going to be great for them. I, I mean, you can imagine, right? Like, it's a 215. Uh, the average buy in for these players likely isn't extremely high. You're probably seeing a lot of satellite winners. You're seeing mm -hmm. a lot of low stakes uh, regs getting, getting to, to, to that far. Um, I believe when they were down to 18, I was watching the coverage. There was really only two players uh, that were like widely known, mm -hmm. right? Like it was Vanessa Cade and another player, I believe it was uh, Sinrata Cid, or something, Sinyata. Um, and, you know, that's going to happen, right? It's a 70,000 player field. Like you're, you're not going to, you're going to get to the final and there's going to be probably winning players, but not high stakes winning right. players uh, right. often and people are going to make mistakes also you have nines you're playing for a million and a half like maybe you don't want to call it off with nines under the gun versus under the gun one you know it's a little scary i'm know? not even it's positive that the fold is incorrect i just think it's right, a really right. fascinating spot to analyze I, I think it was like an 11 yeah, yeah. big blind shove and that stack had like 13 or 14 something like that it would have put right. vanessa in a really tough spot with ace queen i assume she has to fold yeah she folds i'm assuming she folds yeah um it's always fun, right, to like review your final tables and stuff. But this is one. It's nice to review them when you win. Yeah, yeah, you know? of course. 
It's like, oh, let's review this. I got seventh. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh, let's review this. I got, I got first. For seventh would have been pretty nice, man. Pick up a quarter million. You know, like that's that's a good day. That is winning the Sunday million any other week. I, 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 I um, you know. I was reading through some of Vanessa's stuff and she like I know how she felt. Like she was like, nah, like I got through seventy thousand. Like I might as well just fucking win now. Like I'm not gonna get through seventy thousand again and just get yeah, yeah. seventh. Like No, that's like, that's that honestly I think that's really true. Like, um, you know, I kinda pointed out that it's insane. Even once you're down to the final nine, it's insane not to start talking numbers from uh Kelly Criterion theory or theory. But the other aspect of it is if you have a relatively high skill edge in this particular spot, you're you're going to be incentivized to be pretty fucking aggressive with the amount of risk that you can take on. That's not to say that like you should just play it out every single time, but it does incentivize you now to maybe wait until there's five left to chop or four left to chop. Or, or if you're Ponch, apparently like you're just never chopping. Uh, it seemed like he just had no interest. Um, but so yeah, the, the Ponch the Ponch was weird because like rumors were that he was like a 2k uh hyper heads mm -hmm. up like player yeah so that's you probably have a couple million back behind you right yeah, like yeah, yeah, it yeah. seems as if like yeah. 2k hypers yeah like you're 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 probably he's rolled some maybe right, maybe not maybe not to take on all the variants but to take on most of it for sure right so effectively he's playing for the difference of uh you know fourth and first which is i, I don't know the i don't have the exact numbers about a but like about you know, a million yeah. probably a million like i'm sure he's you know 2k hypers you're probably rolled over a million for sure yeah but so, you need more than one to one <laughs> no i know i know i know but, but, he's but yeah maybe, but like you know accounting for skill edge he's like you know maybe this is a once in a lifetime thing i'm yeah. just gonna like i'm not i'm gonna, I'm gonna play you know um but berkey the movies are not made through chops no, you know like true. if, if you can't go to hollywood and be like look at this is the storyline and at the end she chops like it doesn't work like that <laughs> Like you can't just get Spielberg to fucking say like he's not gonna change the story. That's too big at the end. Like sure. you know, you could change like you know maybe maybe she didn't shove the Jack Nine. I mean the Jack Eight off. Maybe it was Jack Nine suited in the mm -hmm. movie. Right, right. You know, right. But, proof shove. But stamp. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay, okay, fine. In the, in the movie, it's the Jack Nine suited. Mm -hmm. Everyone approves. Nobody's pulling out the fucking solver. Right. Right. right it's yeah. all good. Yeah. But you can't. You can't. It can't be chopped. No, it I understand. Happen, I, you know I understand. Saying? um yeah really fascinating way it played out I, I would be curious to see that ace king spot my instincts say that he's probably just supposed to open shove um but calling off probably isn't very bad i wouldn't imagine uh I, I could be wrong but like i can't imagine that she's just not jamming ace queen and no i, I think so like when you see fives yeah. you're probably seeing a lot of asex right like, that's what i'm saying like so asex like, ace is powerful there for sure yeah yeah and i know that like the the adelage is like you don't want to call off your chips when there's a shorter stack because it's icm suicide yada 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 but like that's different whenever you're putting yourself in a spot to be like a three to one favorite at a pretty high frequency right right yeah i think it's definitely debatable i would be very curious to see the spot too i mean at some point you have to try to win the tournament, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to, you have to play, right? Yeah. So, you know, ICM, we've said this before on the podcast, ICM is not perfect. You know, even, it's not a perfect model. And like, even if it's saying to fold, maybe there's an argument to call. I actually yeah, think, who knows, the, right? the more I think about it, I was actually talking to Andre about this as it was playing down. He's probably supposed to limp range there. Uh, I be, like that. Being second in chips versus the chip leader, I would almost guarantee that the model would suggest that he limps 100 
or or yeah. 100% of the playable hands that he chooses to to continue with. Uh, he mm -hmm. might he might be folding like fifteen percent, and then it's just a, a a very clean limp rip with Ace King for sure. And I and I and I did see Vanessa. Kudos to her. Like I, I did see the entire coverage in the same formation where she's small blind versus big blind. Mm -hmm. uh, she limped pure. Yeah. So as you she as she you she was limping pure. I saw hands like Ace Jack being limped, Ace Ten suited being limped. Like her entire range was being Aces got limped. Yeah. Right. Like. Um, so she played that spot, like, like you're saying. So yeah, I do agree. I think the ace king should probably be like a pure limp. And then it's just a smooth shove mm -hmm. right o over, over the ISO, uh, which is going to come a fair amount given that it's like, you know, first place or second place. Yeah. 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 And I imagine she would actually probably choose rather large sizes too. So that, that, that's definitely just printing money. There you go. That's part of the movie. It's the new movie. You know, it's, it's we it's, solved it. We got there. All right, man. I mean. I was happy she came on here. Uh, do you have any closing thoughts? Like, no, it was a good interview. Uh, I'm excited to see uh, how things progress forward. Hopefully, this continues the conversation. I, I really think that that's the biggest thing. I don't expect Vanessa to be the poster child of the women's rights movement in poker, but what I do hope that it does is continue the conversation at least for a little while longer in the public eye. Um, and you know, give a little bit more latitude to other female voices to kind of speak up, kind of like uh, almost like climbing off the back of Vanessa in, in some regard, where she's a bit of a shield now, right? Um, she's kind of bulletproof mm -hmm. for the next however many days, weeks, months, uh, and she can really utilize her position to really empower a lot of other voices. Uh, and we we already kind of saw that. We saw um, you know a lot of other smaller podcasts like coming out of the woodwork as the coverage started to uh come to a close on this whole thing i, I don't think that everybody was in a place to remain silent throughout so yeah I, I think that you know all in all this is a very positive event for poker i think that uh it's a very positive event for vanessa of course and i'll be interested to see how things progress i'm interested in like if there's any like impact in terms of like the numbers right like you know, most of the community is male, mm -hmm. um, and most of the most of the community, if you look at through the WSOP numbers, like uh, is getting older, right? Yep. Online garners to a, a younger crowd, and also they're like having someone like Vanessa winning such a large number through a, a buy-in that is relatively affordable for some people. Um, there is a chance that like the numbers of, of females just like increase. Right. And, and I'm not saying that through like, you know, Oh, like uh, we've been talking about this for years, but I actually think there is a chance now, like that's a huge number. It gets massive uh, publicity. Uh, it's going to transcend uh, poker. Like there's, there's, there's just, you know, she's getting uh, requests for interviews from like news stations and all these things. Like there's a chance that like, just like chess, right. Like it picks up some, some steam uh, through the movie uh, on Netflix, like there is a chance that people just see this, especially females and of of, of younger generation, and they're just like, I want to give this a shot, you well, know. And that's kind of what I mean with with like the moneymaker. That stuff doesn't happen organically. The moneymaker effect was because of the media push behind it, and the same thing would have to happen here. So yeah, you're right. There there's an opportunity here, but again, we as a community, we don't really have the the platforms necessary to make this a bigger deal than what it is. Uh, and we don't have the resources necessary to make Vanessa uh, a face in some regard of um, 
the female movement in poker. So yeah, I, I mean, optimistically speaking, sure. Uh, there's a snowball effect that could take place, but I think it's going to be very minimal in the numbers. Uh, the hopes are that we start to see, you know, uh, other outside forces get encouraged by this and find ways to leverage events that occur within the community to spin messages in a way that will promote growth. Uh, we just don't have that right now. And it's kind of unfortunate, but everybody seems very content with what they are able to make in the space right now, not recognizing that we're on a dying star. You always, you know, you're always so positive, man. You're just like, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to save people, man. You know, there are environmentalists out there saying, hey, assholes, there is a plastic island in the ocean the size of fucking Texas. Stop doing this stuff. Everyone's like, ah, don't worry about it. People have been out there saying like fossil fuels are going to run out. You know, we better get it took Elon Musk to come in and be like, hey, guys, seriously, won't be gasoline for much longer. <laughs> We probably should be looking into renewables, right? So, like, at some point, uh, you can't just finger wag at the realist and say, you're so pessimistic. I don't understand why you can't just put on a smile and be along for the ride like the rest of us. It. Because nothing fucking gets done when you do that. You got to get out there and recognize the real <laughs> problems that exist and the real action that can be taken to change them. And I'm here to take some goddamn action. I'm an action player, baby. I hope Spielberg just fucking calls her right now and just says, like, let's just do it. You, you know, Blake Lively's going to play you, mm. and, and we're good. Like, let's just roll it. And, and, and that might be it. That might be the whole... That might change everything, Burke. You know? That might be it. The Hollywood script uh, for the ages. Who's going to play Dan Bilzerian? Dan Bilzerian. <laughs> no, but I mean, it, it, it is pretty incredible. Um, All right. Uh, if you want to see Vanessa Cade play the 25K in Florida next month. Are you going to play? The 25K? Mm-hmm. Let's do it, Burke. Let's fucking play. I'm playing. I, I already know I'm Let's playing. Let's play. I bubbled oh, it twice. Oh, my bad, high roller. My bad. My bad. Big fucking high roller. You know I'm playing. You know I'm fucking. I've played it the last 20 years. <laughs> it's a very, very good event. There's a bunch of Cubans out there, I heard. What? Poker players? Yeah, the fucking Cubans. Yeah, but it's Florida, baby. You know, you gotta go out there, bro. The Cubans out there playing—they're playing poker, man. All right, let's get it. Ese dinero de la cocaína y de esa cocaína cubana, you know. It's good. I probably just agreed to something very awful. You did. We got him. We we got it. We got him one time. All right, we got him one time. We're out of here.